This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. They're getting ready to take on this racetrack for 312 laps to determine a champion in the Cup Series. Final lap, Stewart and Edwards, first and second. Winner takes the championship. This time, he's an older driver, and he's going to become a three-time NASCAR Sprint Cup champion. Tony Stewart wins it. point on a near perfect season. Mark Truex Jr. is the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series champion. Kyle Busch missed the first 11 races of the season with a broken leg and a broken foot after an accident at Daytona. No one has battled through as much pain and had as much perseverance as 30-year-old Kyle Busch. Tonight he earns his first cup title. The 24-year-old from Dawsonville, Georgia, is about to join his father, Awesome Bill, in elite company. Chase Elliott is a NASCAR Cup Series champion. To claim his first ever Cup Series championship, it's Joey Logano who wins. It's Jimmy Johnson with the lead and a walk-off for the ages. Joey Logano drives Carl Edwards to the inside of the track and into the wall. Jimmy Johnson through three and four. Make room. Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt. There's another seven-time champ. Jimmy Johnson wins his seventh NASCAR Sprint Cup Championship. Hey everybody, welcome back again to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download here in the Bojangle studio. Your host, Dale Hart Jr. with my co-host, Mike Davis. How's it going, Mike? Going great, bud. You guys heard some great comments yesterday on the download from Steve LaTarch. We previewed the uh, Phoenix race. We talked about all the Martinsville stuff. Uh, the pretty, uh, pretty awesome to have him in here. I love his insight, man. Man. So I got an opinion about things, and most, most of the time, me and Steve have about the same opinion. He will have a little bit deeper of a thought than right. I do. I really don't – it's always fun. Every time there's anything controversial or interesting going on in a sport, I cannot wait to talk to him about it because I know that he's going to have a, an additional thought that I haven't considered. Right. Uh, and it's from those years of just being so involved in the garage area as a crew chief and seeing it from his perspective that I've never experienced – uh, but he's great to have on the show. I'd love to have him on here more for, 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 for things like that, to really talk current events. But before we do that, we want to get into some dirty air, brought to you by Filter Time. FilterTime.com is a subscription business, and um, I'm an owner and a customer. If you need your filters replaced in your HVAC, like everybody in the world who owns one, uh, let us mail them to you. That way you ain't got to worry about it. When they come to your doorstep, you can change them out, throw out the old ones, and... Um, no contract, so you can cancel anytime you want. Just let it, give us a try, man. Please. Please let us do it. I assume everyone in this room right now is a customer. I won't even ask. Uh, Better be. Bass Pro Shop News. Yeah. Uh, this is a big deal, man. So 
I announced that I'm going to run the late model stock car at Florence on the 19th of uh, November. Well, I'm going to race a Bass Pro Shops throwback scheme. Right, if you remember the um, the gold car that Dad drove in the 1998 Winston All Star Race, well, that's the one. This little late model stock car is going to look like that. All right, it's going to have my name on the roof, and I'm going to race it in Florence, and uh, where well, I'm going to go there and qualify and attempt to race it. Anyhow, <laughs> I won't even go. Don't even make me go yeah, there. Yeah. The I following <laughs> weekend, you know, I hate to. I, you know, you you make your you make that kind of a statement, and then. When you go and don't make the race for whatever reason, you blow up or, or just run slow. Everybody goes, "Hey, you listen to this." Shit. He yeah. said he was going to he race. Predicted. He predicted he's going to do it. Yep. You can't leave him open, man. You I got can't, you. You can't leave yourself open. You got to have your guard up at all times, Mike. In this world, well, listen. It, I, we will say good luck attempting to qualify for that Florence <laughs> race in that play, sweet yeah. looking car play that along. you'll be driving. All right. What's cool about this is the following weekend, Josh Berry will run the exact same car in the Turkey Classic at Southern National on the twenty sixth. Okay. Uh, I wanted to run that race. I did, but it is on Thanksgiving, and I cannot race on Thanksgiving, y'all. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, it's and not stay technically married. on Thanksgiving, but damn it, I did want to run, and it, you know, of course they can run their race when they want to run it. But it just made it difficult for me. I know another Cup driver that would have uh, been thrilling for people to see race there that couldn't pull it off that wanted to go, mm. all because of the, the the Thanksgiving weekend. My wife's like, man. You can run that other race on the 19th, but not this one. Anyhow, not to hijack this announcement, me and Josh running the same paint scheme in back-to-back weekends, throwback Bass Pro Shop 1998 Winston All-Star Race that Dad drove. I'm pumped about that. It's a good-looking car. It's already wrapped. Oh, I've already man. seen it. I can't wait to show and, 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 and let people see it. They're going to love it. This does not mean that the Sundrop car is never coming back. Okay, good. Okay, Sundrop car still still out there. Still, still out there. Still going to show up somewhere. All right. The other big part, probably possibly the biggest part of this announcement, is that the Bass Pro Shops component in Junior Motorsports Xfinity system is all going to Josh Berry's car next year. So Bass Pro Shops will sponsor the number eight for 11 races mm. for Josh Berry next year. I'm excited about that because it's a new partner for Josh. It's a new person, a new entity that can learn who Josh is, get excited about what we're trying to do with Josh, and help him obviously reach that ultimate goal of getting into the Cup Series. The other thing that's exciting for me is that Josh will learn a tremendous amount about the outdoors, conservation, fishing, hunting, and it will be fun for me to watch him gain new experiences to see what really uh, piques his interest, what he really loves and enjoys. Might be some deep sea fishing. You never know where he might find some joy in all of this. And I know that Noah probably wasn't exposed to that very much. No way. But he jumped in with both feet and learned a lot about what Bass Pro Shops is involved in and really wrapped his arms around that whole partnership and they loved Noah. Yeah. And I think if Josh goes in with that same sort of engaging attitude and really open-minded to experiencing new things, and it's going to be a lot of fun for him. So I'm thrilled for that. There's another piece to this announcement. Wow. All right? A lot, of, a lot of layers. I'm going to run a Bass Pro Shops car in, uh, in the Xfinity Series next year as well. So instead of uh, the Hellman's race, I will run – 
an additional race. So next year, there'll be two events that I'll go to. Okay. And um, <laughs> we're on our way to a full schedule in the Xfinity Series. Yeah, you were one race at a time. We're maybe get in there. 40 years, we'll get we'll <laughs> yeah, right. back to a full schedule. <laughs> That's right. One race at a time. There's so you- another layer to this partnership. All right. All right. Bass Pro Shops will sponsor Carson Quapples late model stock for 20 races in 2023. That's, l- That's- basically the entire Cars Tour that we are champions of this year with Carson. Carson is a rising talent up the Chevy pipeline. He has the it factor. He's as good as Josh Berry. Younger, got a lot more time to really gain even more knowledge, get even better. Josh will tell you. Josh has helped, you know, him, you know, transition into our late model and and obviously Carson races his own pro and his super late model with his father. So just a great pedigree. A great he is a great, great project driver for cup teams and, and Xfinity owners like ourselves to be paying attention to. Yeah. He will be ready really soon. But anyway, any, anyhow, Bass Pro Shops is going to partner uh, with us on our late model stock program. They will also be introduced to Carson Quapple and the talent he is throughout the 2023 season. So there it is. I'm going to run a late model stock race at Florence. Josh will then run the following week on the 26th of November in Southern National, the last Pretty much the last two big late model stock races in the area. Josh will be sponsored by Bass Pro Shops for 11 races in the Xfinity Series in 2023 on the number eight car for Junior Motorsports. I will run an additional Xfinity Series race for Bass Pro Shops in the number 88. Bass Pro Shops will sponsor Carson Quapple on the late model stock car for Junior Motorsports to defend their Cars Tour Championship in 2023. And, Dale, I'm assuming that that race that you're going to run is to be, to be determined. Like, if anybody's going, wait, wait, wait where is he going to run? We don't know that yet, I'm yeah. assuming, right? Well, I do know where it is, but I'm not telling you today. We're not going to announce it today. No. All right, that'll be for the next announcement. That's right. All right. I know where I'm, I know, I know 99%, I'm 99% sure where I'm racing next year. Okay. It's uh, in the two tracks in the second half of the season. During our NBC oh, cool. half. So, cool. I'll already be at the track. All right. And um, that way... You know, instead of running in the off-season, my off-season, the first half of the year, uh, I'm going to be doing a lot more work. I was really busy this year, busier than I anticipated being, and I need to really kind of make sure that I'm keeping keeping some time clear for my family. Understood that. Well, we'll look forward to whenever you yeah. can announce that. One last thing I wanted to tell everybody. This is for your, your die-cast collectors, and I'm one, and I, you know, I'm, I'm excited about this little piece of news myself. If you were if you were looking forward to buying a diecast of the Sundrop late model stock car and were somewhat disappointed with the aged tooling of that car, we basically used an old Xfinity tool or cast uh, and tried to do our best to make it look somewhat like our Sundrop late model stock car we raced in North Willsboro. Well, through um, you know through the interest in that diecast. And through the, you know, through some social media comments and push by our fans and collectors, Lionel is going to add a new tool to its online store so that the late model stock car will look like a true late model stock car. So that car is going to get recast. Uh, we're using some, actually some of the scan from iRacing that they most recently did. Anyways, we're going to create a new tool, new cast for the late model stock car for the die cast in, I believe, what size is this, Mike? That's the 124. 124. And then the 164 as well is getting a new cast. Okay. Uh, so we'll be able to produce a 
Sundrop, late model stock car, will produce this Bass Pro Shops late model stock car and any other late model stock car that we want to produce of any other driver will have that opportunity with this new cast. I'm excited about that. I know that the, you know, when we're talking to, when everybody listening isn't a die cast collector, but the ones of you that are, and myself included, look at our table here. Uh, I can't wait to get my hands on a couple of those. Uh, that are legit late model stock cars. So that's a cool little part of that comment or, or announcement. Yeah, I, I remember this being a thing that you were a little embarrassed by, and, and, yeah. and for good reason. I mean, if, for those that don't remember or don't know, they, they put out the, uh, you know, tried the, the pre-order sales for the Sundrop late model, but it was on an Xfinity Series car. It was like the Sundrop paint scheme on yeah. Xfinity Series car. And as you would expect, people called us out yeah. on, on social knew. media, and you did not like that. You saw, like, why is this on an Xfinity Series car? I was sitting in your office when they brought the the um, the sample to me, and I knew it right away. I said, oh, man, this sucks. We're not going to have a legit uh, late model stock shaped body uh, or die cast. And I knew that people, when they saw this, they were going to go, man, I'm not excited about that. Don't blame you. I don't blame you. And that's why... Um, you know, we've, we got Lionel's attention, uh, and you guys obviously got Lionel's attention, and they are going to make it right. They're going to create a cast, a new cast, a new tool, so that we can have a proper die cast uh, to put in our case at home and, and bring, bring a couple to this table. It's going to be exciting to be able to do that, man, because I've got all these, we got all these die casts in here, but I'm also, I also got two towers at home of several different cars, other cars strewn across my house in different places, uh, a lot of die casts uh, in, my, in my storage, but I'm excited to be able to get some of these little late model cars since I'm only running a select few races for yeah. however long we run them, but uh, it'll be cool. Oh, listen, the Bass Pro Shops late model is going to be one that... I wish we could show it. I mean, yeah, I, I would love... That, yeah. That's going to be on this table. We're going to be buying those things. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that, I that's can't a wait good to, tool to, I can't to reveal. I can't wait to reveal what it actually... Looks like sitting on the shop floor. Yeah, because the pictures I saw got me pumped, man. I'm excited. Well, we'll just stay tuned to your social media right. because I'm sure as soon as you do that, we'll be watching and uh, you'll you'll put that out there. Hey, download listeners, supervising producer Andrew Curlin here. Our supply chain issues still disrupting operations. Well, let me tell you, Gray Bar has you covered. They are the leader in distribution of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products. Professionals across the country rely on Graybar's nationwide logistics network to get them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. That's right, and they're operating with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. Let me tell you, here's what makes them different, is you know being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on site and on time is so crucial these days, and Graybar's nationwide logistics network is a game changer in keeping projects on task. So when you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running. Check out Graybar. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. We have two shows left for this season, uh, and we have two fabulous guests to be able to finish the season strong um one of those is a guy that y'all have been asking for for a long time and he was a bit reluctant i believe to come on hannah knows a lot about this because she's been in contact with that world and uh so scott bloomquist is going to come on the show hannah talk about that a little bit how that kind of was back and forth and 
Uh, what should we expect when Scott comes into the room? Yeah, I know that, you know, you guys mentioned it. That's someone that a lot of people had asked for because even if you're a pavement fan or in any discipline of racing, Scott Bloomquist is just kind of a name synonymous with dirt racing. So um, I was at World 100 and, you know, we talked about the fact that he'd been approached about coming on beforehand and I work a lot with him in the world of outlaws and told him, you know, you've got a story that, that needs to be heard for the good, the bad, the ugly. And he, you know said that now is the time like his his career is starting to he's starting to kind of take a backseat as a driver he owns the chassis company and said now it's kind of you know time to tell the stories because there's some there's some wild ones you know and they're at this table you know you put away rumors you put you know you approach those and i think this is a great platform for him to kind of tell all so 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 there is definitely a checkered past we'll say and you think he's going to be willing to be you know, completely transparent about it? Yeah, well, that was that was part of the deal, right? You know, is he listens to the show. They listen to it, and he knows how it goes. He listened to the Mayfield episode. I said, that's going to be a great one for you to go listen back to and kind of – so he knows how you guys approach these subjects. And uh, and I said, you know, don't 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 give us the runaround here. And he said, nope, that's not the plan. Like, if I'm going to if I'm gonna tell these stories, I'm going to tell these stories to Dale Earnhardt Jr. I said, well, good. We've got the platform for it. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I've long uh, admired his career and, and uh, sort of his persona. He had a personality, right? For better or worse, like it or not, you know, we all connect or gravitate to um, – we 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 love to hate certain people. We love to love certain people, and then there's there's there, there's a vast majority that are in, we're indifferent, right? And that's you know, if you have a uh, you know if you have a series full of drivers that do nothing for you, man, it is tough to stay plugged in. But mm-hmm. as long as Scott was out there racing, I was interested in where he finished, how he ran, what he was up to where he was racing, why he wasn't racing, followed his career in a way where you sort of stay captivated about a, per, a certain individual, right? Yep. Um, I never really had that sort of you know connection to many, many racers out there. It'll be interesting to meet him. I've never actually met him in terms of like a formal uh, hello. And so it's going to be kind of like meeting one of your heroes, but also, you know, meeting him in a vulnerable time in his life. Mm. Right. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, he's sort of intimidating to me, to me. I don't know if because he was also the very first late model race I ever attended. I was uh, in high school and and Bloomquist was the draw. Cleveland, Tennessee. Bloomquist was the draw. He's who everybody was talking about. And I had to know more about who this Bloomquist was. His car was just different, just rad, right? Yeah. I mean, like that zero with the, you know, I mean, like it's just different. And he was this figure that was bigger than life. So, and then he won the race. So it's like Bloomquist, wow, him being at this table will be something special. And I don't even know what to think about in terms of prep for it, but we're going to have to get, you know, get through it all, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, it's legendary. We go to the racetracks in the middle of nowhere that Bloomer's not even running. And, you can spot 10 to 15 Bloomquist shirts. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. where you go. If you are at a dirt track, there is a Scott Bloomquist fan there. Yeah. The final guest for this season is somebody that I didn't think we'd ever have on this show, to be honest with you. You know, it's not somebody he hasn't, you know, he hasn't sort of been in the news uh, very much over the past couple of years, but he had a massive influence and impact on the sport. There was a lot of good and a lot of rough bad times uh that he was either influencing or had a part in 
And uh, so we're going to, we're lucky, I think, in a sense, to be able to have him come on the show, especially to be able to finish the year like this. But Brian France is going to come on our show <laughs> and talk to us about what, not only what he's been doing lately, but really my interest in having Brian on the show is I, I need to know what he felt like his childhood was like. I know who Bill France Jr. was at the racetrack, and I'd been around their family some, enough to sort of form my own opinion. What type of childhood did he have in terms of feeling appreciated and, and valued when he moves into the, you know, he comes through NASCAR, I think, in, in a similar way that Ben Kennedy does, where he gets multiple jobs at different places and different spaces. We won't really dive deep into that, but I kind of want to know, the, you know, was he thrust into the leadership role prematurely? You know, he was young. His dad's going through some medical issues and physical issues. And I thought that it would go to Jim, uh, who Jim, who runs basically runs the deal now, Jim France. It didn't. 20 years later, it does. But in that moment, it goes to Brian. And now Brian's leading the whole thing. And um, I want to talk about what he feels like he did good for the sport uh, there was a TV contract negotiated with his fingerprints on it. There was uh, the COT and a bunch of other changes. We're going to try to go through all of them. Uh, but there was also some rumors, speculation, some suspect, suspect behavior, all types of things that I think we would love to have answers on. Mm. And then obviously, <laughs> you know, his exit from the sport, the legal issues that he had and, and what, how transparent he might be about that. We're going to ask him. Uh, and see see where we can go with it. And then, you know, what is he doing now? Mm. Does he watch it? Does he follow it? Does he have any influence on it? I know personally that he uh, still has great connection with his family. He still communicates with them regularly. I don't know what that means in terms of what influence he might have in the sport still today, if any. Uh, but we'd like to know. I know that he's other he's got other business ventures that he, he will share with us. But anyhow, um, and I mean, you know, I don't know if he listens to the show. If he does, did he listen to the Mayfield episode? Right. What was he, his opinion about that? Because his name came up multiple times. Right. You right. know, we can finally ask him, hey, was it ever personal? Is it? Did you ever let it get personal? Right? When you're trying to make decisions from the very top of the sport, you obviously can't let your heart and your emotions be involved. But did it, did it go to that point at some time? Right? Wouldn't you want to ask him that, Mike? Yeah. Uh, so you bring up Mayfield. I mean, Mayfield hasn't been the only one that's brought his name up in interviews uh, this year. So for somebody that has not been in the news, he has come up. So that would say he is still very relevant to to to, to things that we deal with today. Wow. You're telling us that we're going to have Scott Bloomquist and Brian France to end out the year. If I was getting nervous on what to ask Scott Bloomquist, now I'm, I'm even doubly as nervous about what we ask about uh, to Brian France. But that'll be a great opportunity for us to really kind of clear the air. And I hope, I hope he comes out of this feeling like he was able to set the record straight if that's what he feels like he needs to do. Um, there's certainly possible that we, we have some things wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, so that, and, and, he, and he he needs the opportunity to yeah. clarify things, and then we, like like the Mayfield episode, then we can determine, and the listener can determine who they want to believe if there's a if there's a conflict there. Yeah, I, I think that that's something that um, I'm going to try to do when he walk you know when he walks into the room, I want to give him the opportunity to tell us what he thinks he did good, 
Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that there are some things that he influenced that were good around the sport. We all want to say that, you know, there's a general opinion that's not positive uh, about, you know, when you think or talk about Brian. NASCAR is a, it generally gets a bad rap uh, across the board, have for, you know, have for decades. But um, they get a lot of criticism that actually belongs to in other areas or belongs on the shoulders of other people not involved in NASCAR. I think Brian took a lot of heat for some things that maybe weren't necessarily his doing, but there were some things that I think that that absolutely were his responsibility, right? We talk about, hey, man, well, you weren't the one that made that choice, but you were at the top of it when it happened, right? right? And so some somewhere along the line, you bear some responsibility. Or he didn't help himself from a public perception standpoint right. to go set the record straight. I mean, the, the, if, if we're all to rely on rumors and you don't really go clarify things or at least set the record straight, yeah. rumors are all we got. Yeah, you know, point. yeah, it's just going to be interesting. I, I'm, I've never really sat down and had a long conversation with him. I don't know exactly how comfortable – or open, he's going to be with us. Yeah. But uh, maybe he's in a place where he feels like he can shed some light on some rumors and some questions, or 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 answer some questions that are out there. Uh, I wonder what he'll say about the COT. You know, we we you know across the board, generally, drivers, crew chiefs, fans all feel like that that was a massive missed opportunity, mistake, should have never happened, kind of thing. Uh, the car served us in no served it served us in very little way ways in terms of trying to be safer and whatnot you know they made the greenhouse bigger we won't really get into all that right here but i look at it with disdain and and nothing about that part of my career was good and um i wonder how he'll he'll feel about that because that was a massive thing happening under his watch um but again you know we'll we'll you know the tv deal was a great thing TV happened. deal. He was the one that came up with the idea for a chase for a championship, the whole you know playoff type format. Yeah. Now right. it has changed. Yeah. You know, even since he did that. But I remember that with Nextel as the sponsor of the sport. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden you had this ten race, ten driver. Yeah. Playoff. Now you know, and we'll ask him. I think you know that those. That's a great example of something that you would love to say, man. You you came up. Not that you just said this, Mike, but. You know, a lot of people would sit him in a chair and go, you did that. What do you have to say about that? But I know that networks, series, sponsors all came and said, your sport doesn't have a playoff atmosphere. Your Mm. sport doesn't have a a championship moment. Fix it. it. If you want us involved and you want this money to continue to grow, I'll write you a billion dollar check instead of a five hundred million dollar check if you if you give me a playoff scenario. Okay, if you're the CEO of of that series, you're you're gonna Come make up, those changes. Get the billion dollar. Damn check. right. <laughs> you're gonna sit in a room long enough to where you love that idea. Sure. Right. And you know you might walk into that room initially going. I don't like this. I don't feel like this is what we need to do. I'm a traditionalist. I love what we've been doing. And sit there long enough for hours on end going over scenarios and and situations that'll work. And by the end of it, walk out of there and go, I think I can live with this. Or I think think this is a good proposal. And um, convince yourself that it's good, right? I can see that scenario playing out for Brian and a lot of people in NASCAR in certain situations. But we'll see, man. We'll see exactly what he's got to tell us. 
That'll be interesting. Well, Scott Bloomquist and Brian France to finish out the year. Uh, look forward to that, everybody. Hey, everyone. Dirty Mo Media President Mike Davis here. Excited to tell you about one of our newest sponsors at Dirty Mo, Airbnb. The irony here is that Airbnb is new to Dirty Mo Media, but Dirty Mo Media is not new to Airbnb. It has been accommodating us for years. And if you are a race fan, and I think you are, you know why. I mean, you've booked hotels at, uh, during a race weekend. They're, the prices are insane. You're stuck with these unreasonable multi-night minimums. Whereas Airbnb, you got many choices, all within proximity, and it ends up being way more affordable. Now, I'm not only a frequent Airbnb guest, but my wife and I are also Airbnb hosts. And you should be too. We've been doing it for years. I'll tell you why. We have an investment property that we realized it could be earning additional income through Airbnb. You don't have to have an investment property to do that. You could just find extra space in your home. That works too. It all could be making you some extra cash. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, it's time for Ask Junior. And of course, we got a ton of questions on social media in regards to the Ty Gibbs, Ross Chastain thing, but we already covered that with Steve Latart. So we've got some other questions that were submitted via social media. All right, let's get to it. Um, Ask Junior is one of our favorite parts of the show where we get to uh, talk to the fans and, and, and the fans send in some great questions to Xfinity Racing on Twitter. It's been good all year to have their support, Mike. Twitter, you know, Xfinity's been uh, a massive part of of the industry in many, many ways, supporting obviously the Xfinity series, but they do a lot more than that for for NASCAR, and their involvement is is really critical, actually. Um, but they're really very supportive of us, of us and what we do here at Dirty Mo Media, so uh, we want to say thanks to them. Um, in case we don't get it in in the final couple episodes, we want to make sure they know we appreciate them for everything they've done for us all year. But let's get right to these questions. So this one comes from JL Armendariz. It says, Dale, should owners have more say in NASCAR? It seems like a lot of times NASCAR makes a decision and then owners are just forced to play along. Is the person asking me if owners should have more say? Yeah. Well, yeah. they are. They have the RTA. Yeah. You know, I... The the you know NASCAR's NASCAR they're 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 the ones talking to the networks the net so basically the balance of power in my opinion is probably the networks at the top NASCAR and then owners dr- drivers somewhere near the bottom um, NAS you know the, the 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 teams gain some leverage and power by com- you know coming together and forming the RTA which is the Race Team Alliance. Um, they gain the ability and the leverage to f- ask NASCAR to form a charter system so that now they have true value in their, in their teams. If you wanted to sell a race team before the charter system, you, all you had to sell was the assets, the physical assets, the building and the parts and pieces, which you were going to sell pennies on the dollar. Now you have a charter that's uh, this invisible, uh, non-tangible thing that's worth 13 to $30 million, depending on who you ask. Um, that is, uh, you know, that's created a lot of power and leverage for the teams. They, they kind of control the drivers in a sense. So, uh, you know, where NASCAR doesn't have quite as much leverage on the drivers, uh, NAS, uh, the teams sort of have, have that in their pocket as well. But still, they don't wield quite as much power 
I think is NASCAR and I don't need I don't I don't know that I need the teams to have more power or equal power to NASCAR. You want you want the organization, the body to be the ruler, uh, the one making the final decisions, the final say. You want them to have the power to to make decisions and set rules and and be able to move on, right? And I think as as uh, power equals uh process slows down, decisions slow down. Um things don't get figured out and choices don't get made to allow us to move forward uh when when there's absolute power and leadership by nascar and specifically when there's absolute power and leadership by one individual in nascar that's when things in my opinion have been the best that person was going to tell you how it was going to go you know if there was a dispute or a disagreement that person could come in and settle the score and set things straight with a comment and that was the end of the discussion. Um, things are better when you got somebody in the room that can say, this is what we're doing, all right? End of the story. Um, and that's the way I think it needs to stay. All righty, this next one comes from Joey. It says, Dale, will you go trick-or-treating tonight? If so, do you make a costume that conceals your identity so you don't get recognized? I don't care uh, about that. I, 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 um, I think that... Um, I probably did that when I was much, much younger, wearing masks or whatever, uh, to make it to where I wasn't so uh, recognizable. Yes, I might have did that around 2004, but at this particular time in my life, it's all about making sure that uh, our little kids and all the kids in the group have a great time. They feel like that the parents are into it, um, and so I will dress up. Amy has a plan, <laughs> and I will. Uh, I've got my costume ready to rock. We'll be Amy will be sharing that on her social media and all that. And uh, my focus mainly is to make sure I'm I'm there for the pictures and making sure that our girls have a safe experience and that they see us engaged in what they're doing, um, walking up to the door. Uh, talking them through the experience, you know, we got a two-year-old, and she needs, she's going to be wondering what we're doing, what's hat, why are we at this house? I don't recognize this house. Who's this person? What are they offering this bowl of candy? What's, you know, uh, so you just got to be there in the moment, sort of spelling out how this is happening and trick or treat and all that good stuff. Now, Isla, her sister, will be helping along with that, but um, I like to watch them uh, smile, laugh. Uh, Talk to the, talk to the homeowner and whatnot. So I like to be all in it. Are the girls at the age where they like to pick their own Halloween costumes? No. So so, so it's a family themed mm. costume. So yes, this will be this year's family themed. Uh, that's up to Amy whether they can pick their own or not. <laughs> and when that happens, I'm sure Isla is, is almost at that point to where she's going to be like, "No, Mom, I really want to be this," and Amy's going to let her. But for whatever reason, this year Amy had a plan that we're all in this, you know, in this theme. Got so, it. <laughs> yeah. All right. This next one comes from Sophia. It says, "You mentioned on the broadcast that you and Truex rode together to Martinsville. Who drove, and how would you rate Truex as a road trip buddy?" Uh, I drove. Truex is going hunting, so he wanted to drop his car off at the airport. So I picked him up at the airport and drove him. 
I was his car service to an extent. <laughs> I drove him to the uh, to the racetrack and dropped him off. Uh, we we chit chatted a little bit, you know, small talk early on, but most uh, you know. True X is quiet, so it's all I make it a competition of who can be the quietest. Um, <laughs> if I can out quiet True X, right? And so you ride along until he becomes so uncomfortable he finally says something, uh, which only happened once or twice in a span of about an hour and twenty minutes. I know you at your peak and him at his peak. That's a heck of a grudge match right there yeah. on who can be the quietest. Because yeah. I think both of you can bring something to the table there. <laughs> I, years in years past, man, when I would ride around with True X, I was in my mind rummaging through the filing cabinet of things to talk about, <laughs> and you know, like I believe it. yeah, you know what I mean. You got somebody sitting there not talking, don't talk, and so you're trying to, th- hey man, uh, how's how's the Eagles doing this year? <laughs> um, you know, and you're just kind of thinking of things to say, things you don't care one don't bit about. <laughs> no, but you're just trying to get this damn guy to open up a little bit, come out of his shell, stop being so damn moody. But uh, on this trip, or maybe I've just gotten to the age where I'm like, all right, you, you sucker, I'm gonna try to out quiet you, and and make it so damn uncomfortable that you got to be rummaging through the file cabinet. Thinking of things to talk about. <laughs> it's, it's so true. I can hear it. Yeah. Man. Oh, the cringe. I know, right? <laughs> that's, so, that's so cringy. That is. Do you leave it silent or do you put music on when he's not talking? Oh, yeah, like, and then what kind yeah. of music? Like, what do yeah. you I like? I play what I want. <laughs> I'm driving. Driver, driver gets to pick. Yeah. <laughs> I play what I want. I played at uh, Pop Punk and all that stuff, Danger Summer. He's going to like it. <laughs> he's not going to say anything. If he, if, he, <laughs> if he don't like it, he's got to speak up. He's going to have to talk. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> All right. We've got a couple more here. This one is in regards to our good friend Parker Kligerman finally securing a full-time Xfinity ride, 48 next year, for Big Machine. And how exciting that is for both a, a teammate, but also to see the grind that he's had to go through. You know, for a team like that that's on the cusp of really breaking through and trying to get better – Hiring a, a young, inexperienced guy probably isn't the best thing. Parker can come in there with his understanding and ability and, and his knowledge and history and help them understand where they're weak, help them get their cars better. Parker always drives cars above their their real potential. There's only a few guys that, I, that, that can really actually take a car and get a little more out of it than the car is capable of. And uh, he's a great road course racer, which they run many road courses in the summer. And so he races great on the super speedways, has a truck win at at Talladega, I believe. And so he's a great all-around talent that, for whatever reason, hasn't really gotten the break that would get him through. And um, if they can – if Scott in the 48 car can invest in Parker – I believe that that's going to pay off big time. If they would give Parker two solid years, they won't want to let him go. At the end of that second year, they're going to want him to stay. It's going to take some time, and it's going to, it might happen overnight. It might take a little while, but they'll get better. And eventually, they'll be in victory lane, and Parker will be the, car, uh, the driver of the car when that happens. Um, all right, last question here. Um, and we had a couple people actually kind of submit this question on Twitter. It says, Dale, what was your reaction to the video of what appears to be Austin Hill punching Myatt Snyder after the Xfinity race on Saturday? He straight clocked him. Yeah. So um, I I saw 
I saw the first video of them picking Might up, and I'm going to tell you, knowing, having been through concussions, having watched enough boxing matches, having experienced um, all of those things, I absolutely could tell that Might didn't look like he had his legs about him when he first initially got up off the ground. He was kind of – he looked a little shocked about what might have just happened to him. Of course, at this point, at this point, I don't know that he's been punched. I'm just looking at this look on his face, and – he had rubber legs, no question. So we move on through the next 24 hours, come to the racetrack on Sunday, and our tape room has some uh, video of the punch. We go and watch it. I was floored by the um, the uh, veracity of it. Yeah. And that I was impressed, you know, by the, by the physicality of it and the punch itself. I mean, it's a hell of a punch. Hell of a throw. Apparently, Austin Hill works out a little bit, does some MMA, MMA, MMA fighting on, during the week just, just to, as a training tool. Um, knows how to fight. Knows how to throw a punch. He knows how to throw a punch. <laughs> don't, all right, so check this. Write this in the notes. We don't mess with Austin Hill. <laughs> <laughs> right. I knew that just I started on size re- alone. I, I started know. replaying his interview in my head where Austin Hill says, hey, I told him to walk away twice. So in his in his post race interview, they go, "What was the deal with Mike Snyder?" He said, "Well, he came down here to, to to run his mouth, and I told him twice he he needs to leave." He didn't leave, and he didn't leave, and then he said something I didn't like, mm. and so I made a few phone calls, <laughs> and apparently, um, what Mike said was was nothing more than, you know, you think you're a big shot because you race for RCRs, no, some. You know, some sort of, you know, normal smack talk. Right. Nothing personal, nothing about his family or anything that would really warrant the reaction we saw. Right. I bet you can't throw a punch. You know, he didn't say nothing like that, debate that, right? He just said, yeah. So, gathering the hearsay, I don't have facts. I don't know. I don't know what's true and what ain't. I don't know. I wasn't standing there. I ain't got a recording of the conversation. But gathering all the hearsay, and the video, uh, I would say that if you go down to another man's car, you better, if you go down to another man's car, go into victory lane, go into another person's garage, truck, hauler, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens is partly your responsibility. You're putting yourself in that situation. All right? And I know that Myatt probably isn't going to press charges or, uh, you know, Myatt's going to, you know, accept whatever the outcome is, I would assume. But Mike carries a little responsibility for putting himself in that situation. But Austin, I feel like, will more than likely get some sort of penalty or, a, or, or some sort of suspension because it's assault, it's too much. We can't have guys swinging hard on each other like that. What if he had knocked Mike out and Mike hits his head on the, ass, on the concrete? Then what kind of problem we got? Yeah. yeah. We got a real issue there. Yeah. You're going to jail. That's going to be cops. Yeah. That's going to be a, a massive problem that's going to be out of NASCAR's hands. Mm-hmm. And to save, I guess, Austin Hill from himself, NASCAR is going to step in, make sure that he gets the message that he can't do that. It's, if he can't do it on pit road. You won't knock somebody's block off. You may, might as well try to see if you can convince them to leave the property. <laughs> All right. 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 Now, if you still want it that bad, 
Get him to get you down at the gas station or something. Right. The Applebee's. <laughs> the Applebee's, right. Who was that? Mike that Harmon. was Mike Harmon. Mike Harmon. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but on pit road, in the garage, it can't happen. As impressive as it was. God, it was a monster hit, boy. It can't happen. You know, I don't want to hear all the bitching and complaining when NASCAR does something to Austin Hill. Because that's, it's warranted. That's coming. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say. Ain't nobody going to mess with Austin Hill no more. No. <laughs> nope. Boy, he threw a punch. And he didn't hesitate to throw it. Knocked him out of the frame. And then jumped on top of him. Yeah. That's true. I yeah. That's right. You couldn't I see that. I remember that, that used yeah. to be like a TRD thing. Like, I remember for a while, TRD had like all of their like development guys yeah. in like MMA for motor skills and that kind of stuff. And I yeah. think Austin's just like stuck with it and does all the MMA stuff. I remember when uh, Noah and Burton were swinging on each other. Yeah, because Burton was doing the MMA yeah. stuff too. Both, yeah. both of them went into like training in case it escalated. They wanted to be ready. Burton was Austin Hill's sparring partner, he told me. Okay. And that seemed scary for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said it was crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. fight or flight. Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like Iowa farm big. I mean, like he's country he's strong. Yeah, country yeah. strong. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, I, I think. I might have, ought to have been a little smarter than to go down there and, and try to have that conversation. You know, Austin Hill has a very bright future. He won't really probably serve any repercussions in his camp. RCR probably um, probably is impressed as we are by that little activity there. Um, <laughs> From know, the top down, yeah. they're impressed, right? They're, yeah, they're, that's, that's – <laughs> <laughs> That's right in their wheelhouse is to go, you know, just to might as well whoop their whoop somebody's ass <laughs> rather than have a conversation. But um All right. you know, so I can I can I can see him feeling maybe a little uh I can see him being well supported on his end of the deal, but I think that they ought that he certainly hopefully needs to try to check it a little bit next time. Gosh, you know, uh maybe just punch him and not, not you know, not jump on top of him. But I don't, you know, maybe and maybe don't use all the force, right? I mean, you're you're almost twenty five percent larger than the man you're hitting. I, I I was curious. Marty was there, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I like as a parent. I, I thought about this as a parent. What do you do in that situation? I know there's already like conflict of in, not conflict of interest, but you know. You got to be professional on your job, but you also got your kid out there racing. I know Jeff Burton has to deal with this. You do from an ownership standpoint, like that's always there. But what what about when your kid gets absolutely clocked? Like, how do you manage that and stay professional? That is that is what I wonder. That would have been really hard. Um, you know, you want to go over there and you know pick your own fight with Austin Hill, I imagine, but you can't do that, right? You can't have that. Look at your dad fighting your fights for you. Um, you know, I I think that Marty removed himself from the conversation during the pre-race show when uh, and Dale Jarrett and Kyle Petty took over the pit box in that moment and brought us back from commercial, teed up the conversation. We all talked about it. All that was without Marty. Mm. And, uh, you know, he requested that, or that was good, in, you know, good foresight on NBC's part to do that. But um, – I don't know what you do. What do you do as a parent? Like, what, I think forward. about these things. I watch my daughter yeah. play soccer, and they get very physical out there. I, yeah. I watch it, and, and I've asked myself, like, you know, what happens when 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 somebody throws a punch? Yeah. 
Um, I, I've seen it happen. And you go, go to YouTube. You can find this all the time. You know, it, kids, Little League games or, you know, soccer, you know, two girls just absolutely, you know, pulling hair and going after it. Like, what am I going to do if that ever happens to my daughter? It I is need to figure very, that out. It's a very – man, it's a problematic, difficult thing to even yeah. play out in your head because it's like, you know – and that's what I thought about when – what does Marty do? Forget what does he do in the moment. Marty's not going to go there to pick a fight with Austin Hill. He's not. No. That's not the kind of guy. But just to have to watch your kid. What's he going to do? With deal my, with this type of life incident. Yeah. What is he going to do to help my? Um, yeah. Understand how to how to move forward with confidence. Because you know right? your kids are going to listen. Your kids are going to have struggles. They're going to have trials. They're going to have confrontations. Some of them may be physical, and you got to let them learn and live. And become better people of it, and I'm sure that's easier the, said than done. <laughs> this plays out in a, this plays out in a big spotlight, and can have an effect long term on that person or that individual. Something being so public, you know, Marty's going to have to interview uh, Austin Hill, you know, at some point Yikes. down the road. Hmm. Think about that. Hopefully this weekend, man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so, Austin, yeah, I mean, without that even coming up, it's in their head. Man, God, yeah. All right, Anna. That's it. We're That's good. it. Yeah. 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 Yep. All right, everybody watching this on our YouTube page, make sure you click that subscribe button now. Um, before we hit the road, we want to make sure we say thank you again to Xfinity, uh, their proud premier partner of NASCAR. They are a great supporter of Dirty Mo Media and everything we do here at the Dale Jr. Download. So thank you, Xfinity. We'll see you next week. All right, everybody, uh, appreciate you guys listening to Dirty Air. Uh, a lot of great announcements there, some great conversation. And uh, hope you've listened to our uh, preview of the, uh, basically our preview of the Xfinity Series and Cup Series race weekend coming up at Phoenix. We're also, uh, you know, talking with Steve Letarte about Martinsville and everything we experienced there. Uh, go listen to that. Uh, and until next week, we got some uh, awesome guests coming, so... Hope you guys are going to tune in. We're going to finish strong this year. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.